Well, at this time of year, we find ourselves often talking about uh, the future. Normally, it's goals, change, that sort of thing. I'm, I'm aware that fewer and fewer people do New Year's resolutions. I get that. But the new year rolling around always has uh, a tendency to keep people focused on what am I going to do? How am I going to change this year? What, what's this going to be for me? And so, um, so we're going to talk about the future. We're going to talk about something a little bit different, though, this morning. I want to talk to you about Waypoint's future. Because in about 18 to 24 months, the time range not set, uh, I will be leaving Waypoint. Um, now, I have a lot more to say about that. But I wanted to tear the Band-Aid off just a little bit. Um, I'm that kind of guy. Um, instead of have you guessing where I was going this morning, the decisions made will be leaving at some point in the future. And um, the reason why, I, I want to be able to try to explain to you. There's a couple things that are motivating this. All right? One is a belief that I've held for a long period of time. I am convinced uh, that lead pastors do not leave their churches soon enough. And uh, if, you, if you watch, um, there, there's good reasons that they stay. There are some good reasons. They stay because there's good friendships. They stay because change is disruptive to an organization. I get all of that. Sometimes they stay because it's comfortable. And... Um, and they're just kind of putting in their time until retirement comes. Whatever the reason is, this is what happens in a church where that takes place. The congregation ages with that pastor. They're, they're in his age group. They know him. They're comfortable with him. They understand the stuff that he talks about. And so um, the congregation ages, and he finally gets to a place, or she, where they retire and the church looks around and goes, whew, we got to revitalize. And so they go out and they hire a young person. And they're all excited. Everybody's all excited. They bring this young person in. And the revitalization is exciting until that person starts making changes. And then they're like, whoa, we wanted revitalization, not change. And there starts to be some conflict. And the younger person who, who doesn't have enough like, experience yet to know, hey, I can, take, I can take it slower and go easy. They tend to go, oh, this is urgent. we got to get this done if we're going to actually do what needs to be accomplished. And so they push hard. They push back. I think the technical term for the whole thing in the end is gigantic mess. Uh, some churches never recover. Some do. And after years of pain and heartache, start to regrow again. Some close their doors. By the way, this process that I just described to you happens so often in churches, I began to wonder if there was a seminary course being taught. Like, how to, how to end poorly? Let me show you what to do. It, it's not that. It's just human nature. It's human nature to hang on too long. And... Um, and here's the uh, problem with that. I think the church deserves better. This entity that God created to make a difference in the world where a group of people would come together and be something bigger than they could be on their own deserves better than that kind of chaos. 
But in order for something better to happen, there have to be a couple things that would change. One, the lead pastor would have to leave a little earlier than they would expect or plan. They're probably still uh, somewhat vibrant in their ministry. They're kind of on the edge. They're still effective, still getting it done, but they see the value of passing it to the next generation of leader who could carry on the ministry and allow it to excel going forward. So it, it would take somebody who's willing to do that and it would have to be organized. There, there would have to actually be something that the church was doing together that they knew they were accomplishing together and they'd be pressing for that goal. Let me just tell you, I've had this belief for so long that when I turned 48, I told my, I started telling people that I was going to leave Waypoint at age 50. Now, I tell the staff here all the time that you have to have a good reason why when you choose to do something. My good reason why was 50 was a round number. And I found out quickly that wasn't very acceptable for a lot of people. My wife thought that was the dumbest thing I'd ever come up with. Why did you pick some random sort of number out of the air and say, you're going to leave it at age 50? I was like, it's a round number. It seems like the right thing to do. Uh, I mentioned it to a few people on the AXIS team. They're the lay team who the staff answers to. They thought it was ridiculous too. There was, like, there was nothing behind it other than, I, you see what happens in churches when there's not a good transition. We can't do it that way. They're like, yeah, that's fine. It's just the timing is ridiculous. You're, the reason you have doesn't work. So age 50 came and went. Uh, 2020 came. Uh, and I've shared with you some of what happened during that year for me. I, I actually had a, a time where I was um, going to quit that summer. I wasn't frustrated by all the upheaval. I, what I was frustrated by was everybody saying that this is going to be the future of church. It's all going to be online. We're never going to meet together. It's all going to be digital. And I was like, that is not what I'm made for. That's not, I'm no good for that. I should just get out now and let somebody else figure that out because I can't, I can't do that. But God intervened and made it very clear that um, I wasn't done at Waypoint. And I, and I told everybody that what I didn't tell you was that I believe that um, during that time that God gave me an assignment. Um, it it uh, kind of surfaced in a conversation I was having with my brother. I don't know who said this. I don't know if it was him or if it was me. Um, but we were talking about just uh, the complete mess that uh, COVID had made of uh, church how all the norms were just flipped upside down. And somebody in the conversation said, well, isn't that what you're built for? And I realized, you know what? Um, chaos doesn't mess with me too bad. I'm pretty calm in a storm. Uh, I don't mind that at all. And the fact that a whole bunch of norms were flipped upside down, which would require some creativity, some experimenting, man, that gets my fire lit. I, I was like, yeah, I, I think you're right. And I realized at that moment that, that God had built me for this. And it became clear to me as I started having conversations with God about this that, 
that um, the reason he didn't release me in the summer of 2020 was that he expected me to get Waypoint through a difficult season with the skills that I had to get it to a place of stability and strength and then there could be a transition. But when, like what, what kind of transition um, was that gonna be? How long was that gonna be? That, um, there was silence from God on that but there was something else going on in my life that started to give clarity uh, to the timing. Um, my, tra- uh, my wife, Tracy, has been um, working really hard at trying to figure out what her dream is. Um, she raised our kids, did a fantastic job with that, and then kind of went and got a degree to be a nurse thinking, it's such a wide degree, I can do a lot of different things, I'll eventually find something that I enjoy. She's had five different nursing roles, doesn't like any of them. Like, she's not, she's, it's not going to work out. And she was volunteering over at uh, Basher, working with kids whose um, lives have been dealt a very, very bad hand. And, um, and she fell in love with the idea of counseling people with those kind of hurts and wounds and um, taking Jesus into really uh, difficult places. So she decided that she would go back and she would get a counseling degree Uh, what she had done, and her desire was to eventually start a counseling practice. Um, At the same time she had that dream that was developing, she also had this other dream uh, that she had communicated pretty clearly to me, and we were kind of on the same page. Um, She wanted to be intently involved in our grandkids' lives, and so did I. We just had really different ideas of what that involvement meant, and her idea included a move of some sort so that on a more regular and consistent basis she would be nearby and um and I had some of that same desire not again I didn't necessarily think moving was necessary but I understood the dream that she was communicating and um I don't think most people understand how much my wife has sacrificed for me to chase my dream of being a pastor. Uh, our schedules revolve around me, my weekends off, my time to go see family, uh, expectations were sometimes laid on her plate that were unreasonable. She found herself in the middle of things that she didn't start, do, or know about. She came and served in countless ways. We don't expect that, but she did that anyway to be a part of the ministry and just found ways to be engaged. Uh, I think it was, honestly, I don't think I could do this role without her involvement. It probably helps a lot that she has an opposite personality of mine so that there's at least one person in our family that people like. So that's really good. Um, And so uh, she has been, on a consistent basis, sacrificed uh, for me. This is, um, I'll be in ministry over 20 years by the time I depart. And she will have given uh, 20 years of her time. But here's the thing. 
I think as she finally identified this counseling thing, I was able to look at her life and think, honey, you were built for this. You were built for this. And it didn't make sense that if she would um, start here and create a practice that would take a while to grow, and then at some point we would move in the future and she would have to start all over again to rebuild another practice in a different place, it seemed really unfair um, that uh, that would happen. And um, putting all of that together started getting this idea that it looked like the timing for my departure, this assignment that God had given me to create stability, strength, and um, set Waypoint up for a, a future growth, uh, was probably going to be around the end of 2022. And then... Um, her counseling stuff shifted and changed, and the timing of that moved, and so we were able to be a little more flexible, and so that's why we're looking at like mid-23 to end of 23, that sort of thing. And that's the, um, that's the timing that we're looking at, and as I've talked with Tracy, uh, we have a piece about that. Um, we feel like uh, God is kind of uh, joined us in this process of trying to figure out what the right timing is to do all of this so that we could honor you, honor others, and that I could honor my wife. Uh, th the reason the dates are so flexible right now is because we don't know much. And... Um, we have, no, we have no idea how long this process will take. We know a process has to start. And it couldn't start under the veil of secrecy. So we had to start um, kind of revealing what was happening so that conversations that needed to happen could start happening out in the open without anybody being afraid that, oh, I let this slip or anything like that. We, um, we needed to just be on one common page. This is where we're headed. This is what we're going to do. And this is how it's going to unfold. And at this point, I would tell you, um, we're going to be as transparent with you as we can be, as we think is responsible and reasonable. So we're not going to come up and announce every little thing that happens in this process. But when something material takes place, something big that we think, hey, this, this is a significant change or an alteration in what's happening, we'll tell you what's going on. Uh, the plan that uh, we'll start moving forward, we'll evaluate external candidates, we'll evaluate internal candidates, we'll go through the whole gamut, and it, it will be a pretty thorough process. I can tell you right now, we have no official candidates. So that, that's what's happening. All right? Now, um, as I've uh, watched things unfold in... <laughs> my role, I've learned a few things. Uh, and one of those is not pleasant. It only happens with some people. But I've discovered that some people want to believe the worst about you no matter what. Um, surprised at the number of people who will listen to one side of a story and not consider that there could be a second side of the story. And I, I know that those people are out there. They exist. And so they're going to be tempted to look at you and say, 
he's not telling us the whole story. There's more behind this. There's some sort of conflict. There's some sort of thing that's broken and off, and that's why he's leaving. Now, listen, would you stay around for 18 months if something was messed up happening in the background and hang out in all of that? that? That doesn't sound fun to me, and that's not what's happening. It's as simple as this. I've decided to honor my wife, who has been honoring me for years. That's one. And it's as simple as I would like to see a transition happen at Waypoint that sets us up for the future. And that requires somebody who leaves well. And that's what I intend to do. The goals are pretty clear in my mind. I'm going to leave and Waypoint will thrive. I'm going to leave. We'll still be friends. That's the hope. Uh, I put this little note in here. You know, I never did shut my phone off. Thank you for not texting me, you guys. Somebody always does in the middle of the service, too, so that's good. Um, I, want, I want to make this note. This is really important. Waypoint is replacing a lead pastor. They're not replacing me. When I, when I took this job, I agreed to take it without a role description because a lot of stuff needed done and somebody had to do it, that was me. I said, yes, I'll do it. Whatever it is, has to be done, I'll take care of it. And as we went, we got stuff off my plate as fast as we could that I was incompetent at, right? So Jeff did the music and Kelly was hired for kids and Mike did youth ministry and all of those were, and that's continued. Things have been taken off my plate that have been like, <laughs> I mean, he really shouldn't be doing that. But what, what, what's going to happen is we're finding another lead pastor and we're going to take and look at their gifts and skills and then we're actually going to craft a role around who they are. And if there are things that I've been doing that don't fit with their skills or their gifting, then we'll offload it onto some other staff member and they're going to have to figure out if they want to do that job and all that. So it's going to be... It's going to be um, a process that we go through. But just because I've done it doesn't mean the next guy will or should. It just has to do with gifting. And so we're going to go look for somebody who has some visionary skills, has some teaching ability, and then we're going to fit in the rest of this stuff. Now, I, I want you to be um, clear on this idea here. I'm, I'm not a lame duck leader at this point. I've not been asked to sit at my desk, teach, and that's it. Don't mess with the future of Waypoint. Uh, in fact, here's, there's a lot of weird stuff going on, you guys. And we've been through this enough to know the signs. God tends to resource Waypoint before there is a wave of ministry that takes place. And right now... Um, Austin didn't tell you because we didn't have the slide, but I can tell you that last year in our general fund, $850,000 were given to Waypoint. We've never, ever seen that in a year in our lives before. 2021, post-pandemic, everything's messed up, everything's weird. 
Um, during 2020, we got hit with so many weird uh, COVID things that were disrupting everything. We were allowed to apply for different programs. We applied for everything we could apply for. And the government started throwing money at us like crazy. We're sitting on a pile of cash I've never seen before in my time at Waypoint. So you know what we've done? We've gone out and uh, we're getting a bid right now for a 14,000 square foot building that's gonna sit in between the pavilion and this church right off the back of this parking lot by this retention pond over there, 7,000 square feet on both levels. When we build that thing, it's gonna allow us to bring our offsite daycare onto this location and we'll actually be able to load it with the potential to grow down. That We're gonna build it like we built Waypoint. We're gonna finish the spaces that we need and then we'll finish the rest out of cash as we go. Uh, the second story is this big wide open space that's gonna get to be used by a couple people too. The daycare will use it for their after school care, but we're also gonna be able to have middle school and high school at the same time, which means you don't have to come and drop kids off at different times. They all come at one time, they have their own different spaces. It would be dynamic and engaging. Um, a little wing of that building has three offices and its own separate hallway where we're gonna be able to start a counseling ministry. We have dreamed about doing that since we opened this building here. We actually had space set aside for that and as our other ministries grew, they overtook those spaces, but we have some designated space and it's in a time in our, our culture where that kind of stuff is needed and, that, and that's gonna be over there too. Uh, this is not the reason to build this building. Those other three kind of ministries, changing those ministries are a reason to build that building. But it's gonna be such a cool space on the upper level. It's gonna overlook our property on the backside. Uh, I don't know if you guys know this or not, but our property gets used all the time by different people. From sports to graduation parties to weddings to you name it, all kinds of stuff happens on our property that our community gets to use and that's gonna be another space where that can happen. Now here's the thing, we, we know construction costs have gone up, we just have no idea what it would cost to build this thing at this point, but it's very likely, this is kinda of cool, it's very likely that we're gonna build that building using cash. Isn't that nuts? If we do have to get a mortgage, our daycare currently pays rent. And as long as we can keep the mortgage payment below that rent, it would not materially affect them or us. Everything would be like normal. So if that did, if push does come to shove, we have some capacity there, but I don't think that's gonna happen. So all I can tell you is, um, I've not been asked to rein it in or pull it back or do anything like that. In fact, Doing something like that fits my gifting and it appears that God's resourcing us for that sort of thing. That I will be preparing that so that as Waypoint steps into the next season of their ministry with a different leader, they'll be equipped with a bunch of resources to get stuff done. That, that's what I'm doing as I'm waiting. I'm still doing what I do. I feel like um, it's the blessing of God on us 
I feel blessed looking at the situation that we're currently in. Now, I can tell you, I've been, um, I've been reading a lot in the scriptures about different transitions of leadership that happen. Most of them um, start with someone dying, which I am not a big fan of. Um, I'd like to choose a different option than that, right? So, um, but the reason I'm, re- I'm reading these things is here's, here's part of the problem. I have never been here before. Uh, maybe I'll say it in a nicer way. I'm probably going to make a lot of mistakes in this process. I'm trying to figure out how not to. Maybe it's already a mistake that we didn't set an exact date when we would leave. Maybe, we, maybe the time frame that I'm staying is too long. I, we don't know any of that. We're doing our best. We're doing our best. And so I'm just asking you to give us some grace as we kind of stumble through a place that we have never been before. But I believe the church deserves better, and that's what I'm trying to find a way to do. I'm trying to find a way to get to a place where when we leave, Waypoint thrives. And also when we leave, we're still friends. That... Um, That's going to be the hardest part of this. Uh, you're our people. We've been through some of the worst moments in life with you guys. We've done that with you. We celebrated some of the best moments in life together. We fought with each other made it through the other side. We're still friends. You know my flaws. They still let me do the role. It's weird. And leaving you will be extremely difficult. We're not looking forward to that place. but I hope you'll grab the bigger vision that ultimately what's motivating this is not me um, running to something else. By the way, if you're wondering what in the world are you going to do anyway, Blair? Are you going to retire? <laughs> yeah, I'm really good at that. Um, you know what? Uh, I'm, I'm not going to go to another church right now. I'm not planning to do any of that. I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to go back to school, get a marriage and family counseling degree, and join my wife in practice uh, for some years. That's the, that's the current plan. Because I, I don't believe that God is done with me. I don't believe that God is done with Waypoint. And for right now, he's not done with us together. We have some stuff to go do. The, like, we've been loaded up and our mission hasn't changed and we're on it together. So we're going to do what we do. And in the process of that, we're going to allow God to take us as a community through a transition where when it happens, stuff doesn't break. 
and gigantic mess doesn't happen. And what happens instead is we shift into a different level of ministry moving forward because we know God blessed our efforts together. That's my hope. That's what I'm praying for. And I, I ask that you would continue to pray for Waypoint. Uh, wisdom for the leaders as we look for a, a new person to step into this role. That God would awaken in the heart of the person who's to do this a desire to come and serve you. And I'm hoping that as you pray that the Holy Spirit will meet you like he did with Tracy and I and will confirm in your spirits that although this could be tough, he's going to bless this because this is about his kingdom, not mine and not yours, his. And he still has plans for this community. I believe that with all my heart. Will you pray with me? God, I'm kind of aware um, that my words might not be uh, welcomed with a sense of joy this morning, but I'm convinced that what we're about to do together to model a way of a transition that honors you is worthwhile. And God, I ask that you would um, generate an excitement in the hearts and minds of this community for what you have next. God, what you have next could be right this next year of expanded opportunities for us to engage in our community with a daycare and expanding opportunities for our youth group, a possibility of putting in some counseling rooms in a time when people just desperately need it. God, those are, those are right on the cusp, but you have more than that. So I ask that you would prepare hearts and minds. Yeah. There's going to be some sadness that goes with this. But we're going to follow you to a dynamic place. We trust you. Can't wait to see how each step unfolds. Yeah, may we be with the hearts and minds of those who are processing over the next week. Fill their heart with excitement for the future of what you want to do, of how you are not done. You're just getting started. I'm so excited about that. Lead us. Move us. We ask for that. In Jesus' name, amen.